it's a question I ask often, and when I say often, I mean every week, so I guess that would be pretty often, Brother Joe. To our Nexus students, I ask, who has their Bible? If you have your Bible, why don't you raise it? Just wave it at me a little bit. Yes. Now, this might be the youth pastor in me, and if it is, I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. Bring your Bible to church. Ah. Whoo, there's something about the Word of God. Ha. Oh, yeah, I can have it on my tablet. I love it on my phone, but there's something about the intangible Word of God. Something about having it. Bring your Bible to church. And that's my youth pastor plug for the day. Don't forget, if you have children ages birth to four years old, we do have staff classes during our service today. If you need direction, you can go out to the atrium. Uh, they'll direct you from there. But if you have your Bible or if you want to follow along on the screens, we're going to go to Numbers chapter 13, verses 25 through 31. While you get there, let me give you a little backstory. This We're coming up upon the children of Israel reaching the boundaries of the promised land for the first time. And they asked to send spies out into the land. And so they send a spy from each tribe and they go out and spy out the land of Canaan, the land that the Lord had promised them, the land the Lord had promised their descendant Abraham. And so they go out and spy and they, they find that it's a very good land. They find a cluster of grapes, and it always amazes me. They find this cluster of grapes, and it's so large that they have to put it in a pole, and two people carry it. If I walked in the grocery store and there were grapes that big, I would be concerned. <laughs> like, what are you doing to these grapes? Are these even safe to eat? I don't know. But they find the land is good, and, and they spy it out, and we're going to come to verse, and that brings us to verse 25 there. If you have in your Bible, read along with me. It says, And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They're saying, you sent us over to the promised land, and it's everything that God said it will be. And this is evidence of it. But verse 28, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified, very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And the Malachites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quietened the people before Moses and said, But let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. For a couple of moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I'd like to draw my title from verse 27. And I'm going to preach on two sides of nevertheless. Can you pray with me real quick? Put your Bibles down and just ask the Lord to have His way in this service. Lord, I'm yet just a vessel, a communicator for you to speak through this morning. And so I submit myself to your anointing, 
to your spirit, Lord, that you would speak through me, Lord. I believe this is a word for this church, and I pray uh, over everyone sitting in my hearing, Lord, that their minds and their hearts would be open to your spirit. It would be open to your word. Lord, I come against any distraction. Lord, any spirit that's contrary to what you want to do in this place, Lord, we curse it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I lose revelation. Lord, I lose liberty in this place. Lord, I believe your will will be accomplished in this sanctuary this morning in the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said amen and you may be seated see nevertheless who could say in the past let's say month that you have used actually used the word nevertheless in a sentence. Let me see your hand. Just raise it real quick. If you think you have used it in the past month, nevertheless. All right, all right. If you haven't used it in the past month, why don't you raise your hand? If you haven't used the word nevertheless, yeah. See, nevertheless, I think if words can be cool, and I think they can, I think nevertheless is a, a pretty cool word, Brother Chris. I think it's, it's pretty cool because with the word nevertheless, it's kind of like a hinge. If, I, I, I know that's kind of a strange way to look at it. But, but with nevertheless, you either have a positive in front of it going to a negative. So either going from a positive statement to a negative statement or vice versa. You're going from a negative statement to a positive. We see that here in Numbers 13. We see the spies. They come out and they start with the positive report. They say, we have spied out the land. We have seen it. It's good. Here's, a, here's evidence of the fruit. The Lord has, has, has promised. Everything the Lord has promised is there. The positive. Nevertheless, the inhabitants are great. Nevertheless, they're strong. Their cities are fortified. We can't go up against them. And so that positive to nevertheless outlook or that positive to nevertheless attitude if you would we'll just call that for the purpose of my sermon today a negative nevertheless can everybody say a negative nevertheless but see you have Caleb and though Caleb doesn't say the word nevertheless I believe it can be assumed in there because he hears the bad report of the spies they're great, they're mighty, their cities are fortified, We're, they're stronger than we are, we can't go up against them. But Caleb says, he quietens them down and says, nevertheless, let us go up at once and take the possessions, for we will be able to overcome it. And so this negative to positive nevertheless, you're probably smart, we're going to call that a positive nevertheless. Look at your other neighbor and say, a positive nevertheless. See, we don't use nevertheless very often. Now, a few of you do. I saw you raise your hands, and kudos to you. Um, we don't use that word very often, but we use a lot of synonyms for the word nevertheless. So, nevertheless, a synonym for nevertheless would be even so, which I think that would be even more rare than nevertheless to be said, but no matter. Then we have however, but, yet, and the way they translate nevertheless in this scripture, it's, in, it's translated in spite of all that. In spite of all that. So we might not say nevertheless very often. After the sermon, you might try to, you know, insert in your vocabulary, you know, seem a little, little more knowledgeable on the workplace. But a lot of times we'll use the word but 
We'll use the word yet. We'll use the word however. And see, nevertheless can be positive or negative. But when we're looking at nevertheless in our relationship to God, or nevertheless in a, in a spiritual capacity, we have to be very mindful that we don't have a negative nevertheless attitude. See, because what a negative nevertheless attitude, it takes our focus off the provision of God, the goodness of God, His great and mighty works, and it takes it on to our ability. That's exactly what the Israelites did here. They said, the Lord has fulfilled His promise. Here is evidence of His promise. They had evidence of His promise. Here it is. All this is great. He's done it. But we're not going to be able to accomplish what He sent us to do. We're not going to be able to accomplish what we've done. He's been great. Nevertheless, we are weak and we are frail. <laughs> See, never, a negative nevertheless takes our focus off of God's provision and it sits it firmly on our ability to work. See, Israel couldn't fathom victory over the inhabitants of Canaan because they were looking through a lens of self-reliance. Whew. I was praying yesterday, and the Lord just dropped that in my spirit, and I began to pray against the spirit of self-reliance. Let me tell you, the Lord is wanting us to submit ourselves to Him. The Lord is wanting to come and say, Lord, this is what I have to offer, but it was yours in the first place, so here you go. It's yours. You work however. You know, there's, it's very dangerous when we say we throw on our little self-reliance glasses. We start looking around through our self-reliance binoculars. And we look at our situation and we become discouraged very quickly because we're looking at it through our ability. We're looking at it through our failing flesh. We're looking at it through what we can do and what we can, can accomplish. And Israelite, the Israelites were there. They were there at the banks of promise. They were there ready to step into the land of Canaan, but they were so dependent on themselves. They stopped looking at what God had done. They stopped looking at the provisions of God and they began to look inward. Ooh, that's dangerous. When I start looking inward and I say, oh, I see what God has for me. Oh, and he's brought me there, and, but I'm going to do it on my own from now on. See you, God. I got this. You brought me to the, where I needed to be, so here I go. We'll lose every time. We'll fail every time. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but if you read when the Israel, Israelites finally enter into the land of Canaan, they have great victory at Jericho. But they are disobedient to God, so he, he removes himself from them. And the next battle, they're, oh, they, Brother Barry, I can just see, they're walking with their chest puffed out. Ooh, ooh Jericho, ooh, we just had to shout and the walls fell down. Mm, oh, the Lord's with us. Oh, yeah, come on, who's ready? They're like, got their sword in there. Who's ready? And they come up against the next city. And the Lord delivers them into the hands of the inhabitants and they are defeated. Because they went not with the help of the Lord at that time, but they went through their own ability. And they went through self-reliance because they had been disobedient to God. A spirit of self-reliance will, will disconnect us from the will of God. Because here's what I believe. The, God's will that he has for our life, he's never intended it for us to do it on our own. There's places that he is trying to take you and he's trying to take this church that the only way we're going to get there is through his power.
is through his spirit. And so when I become self-reliant, I become not only selfish and foolish, but I'm turning my back on the will of God. I will never accomplish God's will if I'm trying to do it on my own, if I'm trying to do it through my own ability. Yet I have to depend on what God can do. And I have to depend on his favor. I have to depend on his provision. I have to depend on his power. I can't be self-reliant. The Lord hasn't called the church to be self-reliant. I think, I think that's why he calls the church a body. He says there's some hands, there's some feet. We all have different functions in the body. Because he needs everybody. He doesn't just need a preacher. He doesn't need, just need an evangelist. He doesn't need a worship leader, a piano player. He needs everybody. Everybody in here is, is going to be used in the kingdom of God. You play a function in the kingdom of God. Don't let the enemy deceive you and say, well, you've never been on the platform, so you're not powerful. You're powerful. You're powerful. You got the Holy Ghost. You're powerful. You got the same Holy Ghost that I have. You have the same authority because it's not the authority of Jace Lumpkins, but it's the authority of Jesus Christ. Ha, ah, ah, it's a body. We all have different roles in the body. We can't forget that. Man, I love Brother, J Brother Carney came and did. He preached. What a powerful sermon he preached that Sunday he was here. But that Friday and Saturday night, he did a, a leadership conference with some of the leaders in the church. And he made a statement, Pastor, that has just absolutely wrecked me from the moment he said it. And it, it truly comes down to defeating a spirit of self-reliance because he said, Noah never confused his role as the builder of the ark with God's role as the captain. Ooh, he's, Brother Carney said that. It just hit me in the chair. And it said, Lord, I've been trying to do this on my own. Can you imagine if Noah was up there and his family was up there? There's no rudder on the boat. But he's saying, all right, guys, on the count of three, we're going to all run to this side of the ark. And we're going to try to sway it in that direction because I think it's going to go there. He could run back and forth. He could do whatever he wanted. But he, Noah was never going to steer that ark. Noah was never going to move that ark. God said, I have a place that you're going. I have a promise I'm going to fulfill in you. All I I need you to do is build it. Ha. Some of us are so hot. We get so upset because God is asking us to build the ark. Build the ark so we can save your life. Build the ark so we can move in your life. Oh, I just have a hammer and a couple of nails. I'm just over here sawing down some trees for this ark. Yes, but you're accomplishing the will of God. Keep hammering. Keep sawing. Keep praying. Keep following after his word because you will accomplish the will. Woo! Noah not only built an ark and saved his family. Oh, Oh, but he saved all the animals. And through Noah, now we, have, now we were able to live. Noah understood his role in the plan of God. He understood it. Oh, uh, I can't have a spirit of self-reliance. When I was, I was reading through this in, in, in 1 Samuel 17, 45 through 47. I think they have it on the screen. Let's read it. This is David going to face Goliath. It says, then David said to the Philistine. Oh, I love this. You come to me with a sword, with a spear and a javelin. 
Ooh, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You know what? You know what? I think we could replace this here. It says, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. Nevertheless, I come to you in the name of the Lord. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. Verse 47, then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and the spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give it into your hands you're fighting keep fighting you're battling keep fighting yes he might be Goliath yes he might have a sword yes you might only have a sling but he's gonna give it into your hand I can imagine oh I can imagine David's brothers as he walks down to that stream pastor he with his staff and he picks up those five stones uh, oh I can imagine him looking uh, at David through a lens of self-reliance oh they've been there the whole time sizing up Goliath oh man he's big oh uh, yeah man he's strong oh yeah he he'd whoop me real easy because they were looking through their ability oh and they look at David and they call him a fool and they begin to ridicule him because they say David what are you doing with those stones through a lens of self-reliance. Oh, but David had thrown those glasses off a long time ago when he was in the tending the sheep. Oh, and he saw those stones, not through his ability, oh, but through God's ability. He said, Lord, these might be five stones, small compared to Goliath, but you can use them. But if I put them in your hand, you will give me the victory. Ah. Oh, and Goliath is sitting there. Oh, you sin. Who am I, a dog, that you send me so small of a man to fight me? Oh, but David begins to swing that slingshot around. And he said, not by my will, Lord, but your will will be done. Not by might, not by power, but by your spirit it will be done. Lord, it's not me who will have the victory. Lord, but it's you and through your power. And he releases that stone and it hits the giant right in the forehead and it kills him you know what I feel for this church uh, oh there's some b- giant battles that are about to come to place in this and in your life uh, in this church's life uh, and you have a decision which side of nevertheless are you going to stand on which side of nevertheless am I going to find myself in when I'm in the valley with Goliath Oh, when I'm standing there looking at him in the eye, and he has this javelin that's probably bigger than I am. He has this shield that's greater than me. Which side of nevertheless am I going to be on? And am I going to be on the negative and say, Lord, you brought me this far. Oh, you delivered me from the hand of the lion. You delivered me from the hand of the bear. Nevertheless, he's greater than I, and he'll defeat me. Or... Or will we say, uh, Lord, it looks tough. Lord, it looks hard. Lord, he's greater than I. Nevertheless, you have the power. Nevertheless, you have the victory. Ah, ah. Oh, there's going to be some coming in this. uh, Oh, with the head of a giant uh, saying, the Lord delivered him in my head. He was great, but nevertheless, my God was greater. He is greater. Oh, why don't we just lift our hands and declare how great he is. Oh, he's greater. Oh, he's stronger. Oh, he won't fail. 
He's never failed and he never will. Oh, he never will. Oh, when I think that when everything was void, there was just blackness, nothing. There was God. Oh, through that time, through ages, through all the wars, through all the conflicts, God was still there. He was still the same. He hadn't changed. He hasn't changed from the beginning. And guess what? He won't change. Oh, he'll be, for, he'll be the same forever and evermore. He is greater. But see, the biggest problem with self-reliance is we don't give, Lord, we don't give the Lord room to work. That's it. We, we don't give it to him. Because we try to, we, we take up all the room trying to do it on our own. We take up all the room trying to accomplish it on my own. I, if I don't give, if I don't, if I look through a lens of self-reliance, I don't give the Lord any room to work. Oh, but I love what Proverbs 3 and 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. Oh, I love verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Oh, we're on a journey just like the Israelites to God's promise. Oh, we're on a journey. Oh, but I have to, if I want to complete the journey, if I want to land in the place God wants me to be, I have to first put my trust in him. Ooh, I have to put my trust in him. Oh, but let me speak at the journey for a moment because I feel the Lord really wants me to speak about the wilderness. See, I, I think a lot of us give the wilderness a bad name. I think a lot of us look at the wilderness and we don't want to talk about that part. We want to talk about getting delivered from Egypt. Ooh, we'll shout about that. Ooh, he brought us out. Oh, he sent the plagues. He defeated Pharaoh. And oh, oh, we'll shout. Oh, when we, when we read about the, 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 the Levites st stepping in to the, to the river of Jordan and it separating and the Israelites walking into Canaan. Oh, we'll shout about that. But we don't really like to talk about the wilderness. See, I think there's a misconception. A lot of people look at the, at the wilderness as a place of punishment. But it, that's, what it, that's not what it was. The wilderness, but yet, was a place of preparation and transformation. Let me read Exodus 13, verse 17 through 18. It says, then it came to pass. So the Lord has delivered Israel from the hands of Pharaoh, okay? He's leading them out of Egypt toward land of Canaan, toward the land that he's promised them. Verse 17 says, then it came to pass. When Pharaoh had let, them, the, let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. He didn't go that way, even though it was the closest way to the land of Canaan. He didn't do that. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their mind when they see war and return to Egypt. Verse 18, so the God led the, the people around the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks. Out of the land of Egypt. God didn't divert them because he never intended them to have a battle. God didn't divert them because he, he, he never intended them to have to fight. But he understood there is something in the children of Israel right now that if they faced opposition, that they would flee back to where they're comfortable with. But he said, I'm going to lead them through the land of the wilderness. And through the wilderness, I'm going to begin to impart things into them. And I'm going to begin to, to begin to transform them and prepare them for what they'll have to do in the land of Canaan. Oh, he gave them manna to show 
show them that he would always provide. He gave them the tabernacle outlining his grace and the mercy. He descended upon the Mount Sinai showing his power and authority. He went before them in a pillar of cloud, in a pillar of fire to show that he would never leave them nor forsake them, to show them who he was, to show them their power, to prepare them for when they would have to fight. Oh, oh, to preparing him for when they would have to cross in the land of Canaan and they would have to drive the inhabitants. It was always known that they would have to drive the inhabitants out. But let me tell you, just as the Lord is preparing you in the wilderness, he's also preparing your promise. Oh, he's also preparing the place for you. He's getting you ready. He's saying, just keep walking through the wilderness. Just keep coming through the wilderness because I'm getting your place of promise ready. Oh, let me talk to somebody here for a moment. Let me talk to a mom or a dad. A son or a daughter. Oh, and you've been oh, you've been praying for a lost loved one for a long time. The Lord has given you a promise that they're gonna come back and they're gonna be baptized in Jesus' name. They're gonna be filled with the Holy Ghost. Keep hanging on to that promise. Oh, because you know what? You could you would tell you could tell me more better than I would know. But I believe that first time you nailed down and you began to pray for them. Oh, you began to believe, but you know there was a little bit of hopelessness in your spirit. Oh, but the Lord said I'm going to keep taking you through this wilderness because I'm not done preparing you for the promise and so you keep you keep kneeling down and the more you pray the more you believe it the more you pray the more you see his power and you know what over these last couple months every time you've tried to pray for that person all you could do is begin to praise you say Lord you're coming back Lord I don't see it but I know you're working Lord you're gonna move in this place you know why you know why because the lord's preparing you for your jericho oh he knows that when you step in that promise uh, oh that that person you've been praying for they have walls and defenses set up by the enemy to keep you from moving in can keep the word of god from penetrating their heart oh but when you step in the promise uh, oh that praise has been building in you that praise has been prepared in your heart you're gonna walk around those walls uh, and you're gonna keep praising you're gonna say it's coming to pass it's gonna happen Lord, these walls are going to fall down. And before you know it, you'll see the walls start shaking. You'll see the walls start falling down. And you will have victory. You will have victory. He's given you a promise. Oh, God's promise are yes and amen. If he's promised it to you, it will come to pass. Oh, but I can't look to self-reliance. Oh, that's what, oh, that's what got the children of Israel. They heard the bad report and they literally said they literally cried out in agony. Oh, they cried out in despair and said, oh, we brought, we came this whole way, but we're not going to be able to feed them. Because of their disobedience, the Lord said, all right, you will not see the promise. Oh, yes, our God. He said, because of your disobedience, 
I'm sending you back in the wilderness. He said, I'm going to fulfill my promise, but not for your generation. Oh, I'm going to fulfill my promise, but not for you. Your sons and your daughters, they'll see the promise. Oh, but it won't be for your generation because you didn't believe in me, yet you believed in yourself. You didn't believe in my power. You didn't believe my authority, but yet you relied on your own ability. Lord, let my generation not be the generation that's sent back into the wilderness. Oh, let this church, the generation sitting in this sanctuary, not be the generation that doesn't see the promise because we're so caught up with the negative nevertheless. Let this generation yet be this generation that steps into the promised land, that steps into victory, that sees your promises fulfilled. That sees your promises fulfilled. Oh, he's, church, he's imparting some things into you right now. Oh, 2020, wilderness. Oh, 2021, for me, seemed like a wilderness. Oh, but I believe this church is on the edge of promise. I believe this church is about to fulfill what God has spoken to this church. You know what? We've had a word spoken by my wife in our youth group that we would have 50-plus members in Nexus. You know what, Lord? I haven't seen it, but you're moving. You know what, Lord? I don't see it right now, but every day, every time we get in there, I pray. Pray over the seats, saying, Lord, you're going to fill these seats. Lord, you're going to be hurting young people into this place. They're going to hear your truth. They're going to be baptized in your name. He's spoken a word about our Spanish congregation. Oh, we're going to see revival. Oh, we've already seen it. Oh, but I believe that's just a taste, Pastor, of what God has for us. But yet there's a greater promise. Who on the horizon? Oh, there's a greater promise. Oh, on the horizon. Oh, music team, you can come. Oh, and I believe there's a promise that will be fulfilled for this church. And I believe there's a promise. That will be filled in your lives as individuals. I, I believe that. I believe the Lord. I, I believe that your promise is co- tied in with your calling. Fulfill your calling and the Lord will fulfill your promise. I believe that it will happen in the name of Jesus Christ. But you know what? There's, whew, there's a far greater reward than anything we can get on this earth. Oh, there's such a greater promise. Oh, that promise is eternity with my Lord. That promise is, is a residence in heaven. Oh, oh, but will my nevertheless attitude, will my nevertheless attitude keep me from the streets of gold? I already spoke it, but the children of Israel were sent away from promise. Because they didn't believe. Because they said, Lord, I see everything you're doing. Nevertheless, I don't have faith that we can get through it. And so they were sent back in the wilderness. Oh, I'm speaking to someone and I feel the Lord is really drawing someone right now. Oh, can we just lift our hands for a moment? Hello, Masaki Nelombo. Lord, I pray every mind and heart would be open to this word. Oh, Lord, I pray every mind and heart would be open and receptive. Lord, for what is about to go forth. 
Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, see, while, while I let my negative nevertheless, oh, while I let my negative nevertheless impact my eternity. Oh, if you're here in this place, if you're here in this place, and you say, Lord, I've heard your call. Lord, I see your promise. I see your hand of protection. And I see your provision. Ooh, don't let it stop there. Oh, but today, let's take a step of faith and say, Lord, I've seen all you've done. So I believe in your faithfulness. And I'm going to step into your promise today. Oh, I'm going to step into what you have for me today. Oh, because the word says in Romans 14, 11 through 12, it says, For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Verse 12, So then each man shall give an account of himself to God. What will your account be? Oh, say, Lord, I saw your faithfulness. Nevertheless, I looked to a lens of self-reliance and I never took a step into the promised land. Lord, I heard your call, but nevertheless, I was too afraid to follow after you. Lord, you moved in my life and you called me to a life of holiness. Nevertheless, I couldn't disconnect myself from Egypt. I couldn't disconnect myself from the life that I lived before. Oh, don't let your nevertheless, don't let your nevertheless get in the way of your eternity. Oh, because I don't want a negative nevertheless to turn into the words, depart from me, for I never knew you. Oh, churches of heaven and hell are a very real thing. Oh, oh, and I hope you can feel what the Lord is trying to do in this place because I feel this in such a heavy way. Oh, I feel the Lord is reaching for someone. Yeah, you can come and you can be in this service every Sunday and Wednesday, but every time God calls you out to do something greater, if you say, nevertheless, oh, I've just been in church for the past two weeks. Nevertheless, I don't have a grandfather who was in the church. Nevertheless, I don't know all the scriptures like the preachers do. If you let that nevertheless get in the way where will you end up in eternity where will you end up God is faithful God is true and if he's calling you follow after that calling if he's given you a promise, don't be fearful. Don't be afraid. But yet say, Lord, my trust is in you. I'm not leaning on my own understanding. Lord, but my trust is in you. Lord, so I will follow after you. Lord, you will make my path straight. Lord, you've already given the inhabitants of my promise into my hand. Lord, I haven't seen it now. Lord, but you already have given me victory. The victory was already the Israelites. The only thing that stood between them and their victory was their nevertheless. Oh, Hatama, the only thing that stood between them and their victory was standing in between you and your victory. Oh, 
Oh, the Lord has been preparing you. He's been transforming you. He's been imparting some things. Oh, there's some of you who in 2022, you don't know, you, you, you've always loved to read the word, but God has given you such a passion and a desire to dig into his word. Why? Because he's preparing you. Why? Because he's transforming you. And he's about to send you into a promised land where he needs you to know the word, where he needs you to be able to walk out what the word says. Oh. But see, I believe there's a bunch of Caleb's in the room. I believe there's a bunch of Caleb's in the room that say, yeah, the inhabitants are great. Ooh, they're as of giants. Yes, Jericho has tall walls and the cities have tall walls. Nevertheless, your will will be done, Jesus. Nevertheless, victory will be had in your name, Jesus. Nevertheless, we will see what you promised come to pass. See, I believe when we enter into eternity and we stand before God and he said we have to give this account. Lord, I believe what's going to happen is going to be men and women from new life who say, yes, it was tough yes we had to fight a little bit yes we faced opposition nevertheless you fulfilled your promise nevertheless you gave me what you had told me was coming my way nevertheless I had victory oh and I think it's some of the one some of the sweetest words in the whole Bible we'll hear well done well done oh my good and faithful servant Self-reliance negates our faithfulness. I hope you know how important this is. Self-reliance negates our faithfulness. He's looking for faithful servants. But if I'm only faithful to my agenda, if I'm only faithful to what I want to have come to pass, then I'm not faithful to his will. Then I'm not being faithful to his, to his calling. He is looking for men and women in this service to rise up and say, Lord, I'll be faithful to where you've called me. Lord, it might, it might cause, I might have to battle a little bit. There might be some fighting. There might be some spiritual warfare. There might be some early mornings or late nights in, on my knees in prayer. I might have to dig into your word like I never had before but Lord I'm going to be faithful because your promises are true oh let's all stand oh your promises are true Lord ah uh, Ah, Lord, I delivered this word the best I could. <laughs> Lord, I delivered it how I felt you wanted me to. Lord, so I'm asking to do what you can only do. Stir their hearts, Lord. Stir their hearts, Lord. Lord, only they can know which side of nevertheless they're standing on this morning. 
Lord, and I pray, Lord, if they're not, oh, on the side of promise, Lord, if they still are dealing with faithlessness, with doubt, with fear, anxiety, Lord, I pray that you would draw them this morning. This goes far beyond what you do want to do in this church. It goes far beyond what you want to do in this city, Lord, but it, it impacts eternity. Lord, I don't want to stand before you and regret every nevertheless that I spoke. Lord, every negative nevertheless, I don't want to look over my life and it be full with faithlessness, with negative nevertheless, Lord. But I want it to be filled with faith. Oh, church, these altars are open. Ooh. I, don't, I don't even have to give a call because you know if the Lord's been stirring you. You felt it, not even just from when I was speaking, but from the very first moment. Oh, eternity can be a heavy subject, but I know, oh, it's not too late to change. Oh, the Word says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from any unrighteousness. It's just you and the Lord right now. Lord, move upon their hearts today. Lord, I curse the spirit of condemnation and I loose the spirit of mercy. Lord, I lose your spirit, Lord, your grace, a revelation of your mercy and your grace. Ooh, there's restoration in this place today. Lord, I might have turned my back on you before, Lord, but I'm running to your promise today. The road might not be easy. Lord, the road not, might not be as smooth as I want it to be, Lord, but I know that you're always walking with me. Lord, I know that you're always there beside me. Lord, it might not be in a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire, but I feel your spirit everywhere I go. I know that when I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, your spirit dwells in me. And through the Spirit that dwells in every single one of us, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us as we walk into the land of promise. You haven't called us to do this on our own, yet you have called us to rely and depend on your power. Lord, so I lean upon you, the God that's never failed. The God who's all-powerful. The God who's ever-present. Lord, my strong tower. Lord, the chief cornerstone that I can build my life upon. And I know the foundation will never be shaken.
Let me speak to someone who's found themselves in the wilderness. Remember, he's preparing you. But I, I won't try to play it up. The wilderness can sometimes be a strange and unknown place. But I believe that's exactly what God has meant it to be. He takes us to a place where we look back and we can't see where we were comfortable. We can't see the life that we used to live, but yet we can't quite see the promise either. And so we're just in this middle ground. Don't despise this season of preparation. Don't despise what the Lord is doing in you. Don't become so confused and so angry because the promise hasn't come in your timing that you completely neglect what the Lord is imparting into you. That you completely <laughs> close off your spirit to what He's speaking to you. Ooh, Oh, because I believe the Lord gave me a prophetic word the other day in prayer as I was preparing that this church is about to enter the promise. But when I enter the promise, I want to be prepared for what God wants me to do. And I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to speak down to anybody, but I truly believe if you're not prepared for what God has on the other side in the land of promise, then you're just going to be left there. But God is looking, God is looking for those who say, Lord, I'm ready. Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, what you have for me in this season of wilderness, in this season of preparation, I receive it in the name of Jesus. And it'll be those who it'll be those who open their spirit. It'll be those who open up to the transformation that God is trying to do. It's those who enter into the land of promise. Let's lift our hands right now and just in a sign of availability and a sign of submission and just begin to declare, Lord, I'm open. <laughs> Lord, it won't happen. Lord, it won't happen through my ability, but through the power of your name. Lord, and I'm open right now as you prepare me. Lord, as you begin to instill and impart things into my life. Lord, I'm open to that right now in the name of Jesus. That's it, church. Seek after him right now in the name of Jesus.
the Bible is very clear. If we want to enter into the land of promise, into heaven, we must be born again. We must be baptized in the name of Jesus. And we must be filled with the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. The Lord demonstrates in, I believe, in baptism that we must rely on Him. Because, Danny, there's nothing special about that water. That baptistry that's bigger than most swimming pools, there's nothing... It's nothing special about that. Whew, but pastor, what makes that so special? What washes away the sins is when you go down in the name of Jesus. I can't stand over there and baptize you in the name of Jace. Uh, your sins would still be there. Uh, Pastor can't baptize you in the name of Pastor Gaddy. Your sins are still going to be there. You could have Daniel Bernard come and pastor you. It's still going to be there. But it's the name of Jesus. Ha. It's his name. It's his name that baptism has power. It's through His Spirit that we have power. Mm. If you're here and you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, or maybe you were baptized in the titles, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. We believe there's one way to be baptized, and that's in the name of Jesus. So let me tell you, this water's warm. We have robes. I don't feel like I would be, I would be doing this service if I didn't open it up to anybody who wants to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Because if there's some of us in the wilderness, I believe when you go down in those waters, you come back up. Uh, you're being delivered from bondage. You're being delivered into Egypt. You're, be, you're being delivered uh, so you can start taking steps uh, to his promise. Hmm. If you haven't received the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues, maybe you don't, ah, maybe you don't even know what that is, but you want to know. If you don't know, come ask me. I want to tell you about it. Oh, if you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost today, it can happen. It will happen. Ah. If that's you and you want to be filled, if, you, if you're seeking after the Holy Ghost, it, it might be 10 people, it might be zero. I don't know, but I feel the Lord asked me to do this. Tyler, can you move over this way a little bit? Right here in front, right here by Tyler. If you, if you want the Holy Ghost, you've never received it. Maybe you want to be refilled. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe you want to be refilled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, oh, he's here. He, wa he wants to give today. It's the gift that he wants to give to you. If you haven't been baptized, the same invitation. Just come right down here. We're not doing this to embarrass anybody, but I care about your eternity. Oh, lift, lift our hands one more time. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, ah, what I feel in this place is faith. Lord, where there might have been doubt, where there might have been uncertainty before, ah, I believe that has been cast down in the name of Jesus. In its place, there has been loose faith. Ah.
that's it church uh, his presence oh is still here it's still moving uh, oh we can linger for a moment Lord I come against the lie of the enemy that has come against the parent that's come against a child come against a hyphen young adult that says they've been in the wilderness because you're punishing them yet I curse that in the name of Jesus Christ Lord and I lose a revelation I pray that you would open up their eyes to see that you're imparting something in them today Revelation will move into this place. Revelation of who you are, the one God. Revelation. While they sing this. Oh, there's such a... I'm sorry, there's such a sweet presence here. I feel it. Yeah. Let's just let's just dwell in the presence as they as they as they sing just for a few moments. I don't I don't feel the Lord's quite done. No valley where you won't find me. No, I am not afraid. You're always beside me. There's no shadow, Lord, that I will fear because you're with me. 